0: Welcome to the Nuggets Inc. podcast presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche, and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. We got a solid podcast ahead here today. We dig into the Red Hot Nuggets, winners of five of six. Nikola Jokic doing things that only Wilt and Kareem have done, and defensive issues. Solvable, all Christian Brown. Talk about all that and more coming up next. And we're back for another edition of the Nuggets Inc. podcast presented by Avogad TV. It's the shortest day of the year, December 21st, 2022. Currently about 45 degrees outside. When Mike leaves, it'll probably be about five.
1: Yes. if Hopefully my car will start.
0: Nikola Jokic doing things that Wilton Kareem have only done. The Nuggets, winners of five of six in first place in the Western Conference. It's all coming up Nuggets right now, Mike Singer.
1: It is all coming up Nuggets. Uh, to your point, winners of five of six, 19 and 11, had their biggest win of the year last night. They beat the Memphis Grizzlies 105-91, to holding uh, the Grizzlies to the fewest point total that the Nuggets have allowed all season. Uh, Michael Malone can sleep well. He can sleep like a baby. The defense played for 48 minutes. Hallelujah. It is, it is possible.
0: Talking about that defense, uh, correlation equals causation. Christian Brown starts <laughs> for the first time. All of a sudden, defensive masters here in Denver. Uh, what say you, Mike Singer?
1: Yes, uh, I think uh, your your transitive property of Christian Brown holds water. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the the scientists are rolling over in their graves. Um, yeah, man, he starts, and lo and behold, the Nuggets. You know th- they have the size to deal with. Uh, the speed of John Morant, the, the size that uh, the Grizzlies have in the front court in Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams, a team that is second in the NBA with 13 offensive rebounds per game. The Nuggets held them to seven. Uh, their three-point shooting was completely off. Ja, I get he had 35 points, but I think just 12 of 26 from the field um, in addition to 10 assists and seven turnovers. So that is something you live with when you are the Nuggets you're okay with jock going off but when he doesn't go off with anybody else you're probably going to win that game
0: yeah i i think um if, if you're looking at a blueprint for for this team about how they're going to be successful it's maybe what top 15 defense with that offense
1: have we thrown top five out the window i i
0: i was never buying top five personally but uh, i do like shooting for the stars mike michael malone i almost called him mike i'm sorry um but uh, that 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 effort last night, uh, obviously, clearly outdistanced that. Do we care at all that it happened with Jamal Murray not playing? Does that say anything about Jamal Murray, or is that just coincidence?
1: I don't think it's just coincidence. <laughs> I think that Jamal would be the first to admit that his defense is not there, and that when his when he's thinking about his knee, as he admitted to doing in the Charlotte game that that he played through on Sunday, um, you're not focused on your offense. You don't have your legs under you. You're physically not capable of getting those threes up. I think he was. I think he was like oh of six that game from three. Um, and then when you're focused on your knee, you're not reacting and playing instinctual defense, which wasn't necessarily Jamal's forte from the jump. And now he's now his head's in two different places. So the fact that he is you know, he he actively, I don't know if he actively removed himself from the starting lineup, but there was a mutual decision to not play against the Grizzlies. Fine. Um, and you replace him with Bruce Brown at the one, KCP at the two, Christian Brown at the three. Think of how much bigger you just got. Like Christian Brown is six foot seven, can guard up or down, is a really, really athletic wing. Um, who can kind of at least slow down or put some kind of clamp on somebody. Um, is, a, is a good offensive rebounder. Can't, you know, is, is a heady, savvy player. Plays hard. And so when Michael Malone is racking his brain, you know, getting two hours of sleep at night, trying to figure out how to solve the defense, step one is finding someone who busts their butt on defense. And Christian Brown raised his hand
0: both Browns probably raised their hand for
1: that yes both Browns and and KCP can we can we for a second step back and say think about the offseason additions that Calvin Booth got The all three of the guys that he brought in in Christian in KCP and in Bruce Brown and also in Peyton Watson What what's the common denominator here Matt uh Mr. Scientist what they're all long and athletic and good defenders ding 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 <laughs> You did it. Uh, there is a clear mandate to play better defense, to play versatile, to get bigger. And um, Bruce Brown is a good defender, specific, but he's a better defender when he's guarding the one and the two. He's a, he's about six four. You know what happened when Will Barton was asked to play out of position? Will Barton for years was playing the three when he was supposed to be a two because Gary Harris was playing shooting guard. What happens? Will is. Viewed and pigeonholed as not a great defender, yes, he's not as strong as as uh, bruce Bruce Brown, but he's miscast, and so what happens when you accurately align and slot people into their correct positions? You have people not having to cover for other guys because they're out of position, like when you're too small, what happens? You have to crash inside, help inside the paint what, what what's the trickle down effect? You leave guys open at the three point line. Rewatch that Los Angeles Lakers game if you want to see the impact of size on the lineups. When the Los Angeles Lakers are giving the Nuggets the business on second chance boards, look who is in. You've got three guys who are 6'5, 6'6, and under. You got Davon Reed playing backup three. You got Bruce Brown playing the three, and you're getting crushed. Like the proof is in the pudding. Thomas Bryant, Max Christie. Russell Westbrook, they're owning you. That's what happened in Los Angeles. That's why that was so damning um, because like the, the Nuggets just weren't helping themselves.
0: So over-under on Christian Brown starts for the year, I'm putting you at seven
1: over-under. Mm. It's all contingent on Michael Porter's health. It's all contingent Which on-
0: Which I was about to get to. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr., where are we at? 11, 12 games in a row? 13. 13 games in a row now. At what point do I start getting worried about MPJ and his health and his availability? I, they're winning games without him, so they don't necessarily need to rush him back. But 13 games, that's not some small chunk anymore. We're not talking about, oh, you know, he's just on the mend with soreness. At that point, it's like, see, Something has to be wrong.
1: No, he, he is ramping up. Um, I don't think that there is a ton of cause for concern, uh, and I'm and I'm being serious. I'm not just you know carrying water, sugarcoating this. Uh, he Michael Malone said he's ramping up. I watched him go through a shooting yesterday, and uh, he he's coming. It's like it, it's not that far away. Uh,
0: this is a foot injury, not back related.
1: Not back-related. Not drop foot-related. Right. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's been deemed a heel contusion or a heel strain. Um, and so it's just, it's, I think it's a pain tolerance thing. And, and the only way to deal with it is rest. And that's why this timeline has been so nebulous and vague. Um, people who have this, you know, this type of foot pain, uh, and, and it has not been deemed like plantar fascia, but it, people who have that, there is no uh, time frame. There, that is not set in stone. So that is why Michael Malone has been so hazy on this. A couple times in the last week, he said seven to 10 days. Okay, does that mean a Christmas special? Does that mean a Christmas miracle? Um, is he going to emerge when the national TV audience is here at 8.30 on uh, Sunday night? I don't know. What say you, Dr. Matt? I, I have no
0: opinion. I, I, all I know is, at this point, 13 games, it's an eyebrow raiser. And it's, it's something like, do we know, is this something that lingers that, you know, he could all of a sudden feel better, but then within two weeks it's back and it's a problem again. And this is just going to have to be part of the season for Mike Porter jr.
1: Uh, I just want to say that in the 13 games that MPJ has been out, the nuggets are nine and four, they have the second best offense in the entire NBA
0: so not at all hurt on the one end that he's going to contribute to the most.
1: I mean, you're already talking an elite offense. What, what's what's more elite than elite? Ice cold? Supernova? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like the offensive rating is, is 118.2, number two in the league behind Portland. Um, you, Then you look at the same token. You look defensively, obviously where they've had their struggles. Uh, and... Over the last 13 games, what do you think the Nuggets are over the last 13 games defensively? I, I, I will admit I'm surprised by this number. Which what what, what do they which, rank you mean? May, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have tipped I, you off.
0: Okay, then if you're surprised, I'm going
1: to say like 16. Uh, they are 16. <laughs> I am a little unnerved. <laughs> and with the amount of preparation that goes into this, I'm even more unnerved. <laughs> uh but they are 16th in the nba in defense over the last uh 13 games so which
0: kind of lines up with what i was saying which is if you can be top 15 with this offense that's a that's a team that wins a lot of games yeah
1: and look i I think that michael porter his return i think it's gonna help on, on a few ends i think that it will uh a, give them more size, which is what we talked about. You inject a six foot ten guy into the starting lineup, and, and maybe I shouldn't even assume that he's going to be injected in the starting lineup. I don't know that. Uh, but you add that size into the front court, can get you rebounds, has a long wingspan, can, can get into the passing lanes. That also helps kind of settle that second unit down, which I don't even know. I don't know what we know about the second unit. And we are 30 games into the season. We are more than a third into the season. And I'm not sure who I trust on the second unit. Like I, I don't know. If Bruce Brown is, is your starting two or your backup two, okay, I trust him.
0: You don't trust Bones?
1: I don't know. I don't know where I stand on Bones. Um, he is obviously an incredible microwave scorer when it's working. When it's not working and you're not scoring and you're not getting stops – then in what way and this is not an indictment on him this is not an indictment on the entire unit in what way are you helping you know i've written it i've tweeted this when bones will sometimes take those 28 footers at you know 4 seconds 6 seconds into the shot clock those those shots are killer
0: those shots are like an instant fast break
1: they're an instant fast break the other direction and i have reflexively learned to look at michael malone on the sidelines as soon as those shots go up because they're always telling he is the worst poker player there is and he will readily admit that he you know it, it's evident when when you desperately need ball movement and cohesion and passing and you need to not play in a half court set when that second unit to generate offense and, and that's the that's like your last ditch resort the problem with those shots is, is bones can get them anytime he wants it's when he gets into the paint and collapses the defense and kicks out, then you have real offense. You stagnant offense is not gonna work. I mean, I've asked Bruce Brown a number of times, what what is the key to getting that second unit rolling? And he says, We can't play in the half court. We need to get stops, get in transition, and just, you know, run the ball down their throat. That's that's what it is. And so- isn't that a
0: little concerning though? You hear we can't play in the half court. Like you're gonna have especially in the playoffs. Now, granted, rotation shrink.
1: Five, yeah, that full five-man unit is not playing in the
0: shrink in the playoffs. Right. But still, you need a backup unit of some sort to be maybe able to run an offense.
1: Maybe it's Bruce Brown acknowledging that he's not John Stockton. <laughs> you know, Bruce Brown has his strengths, and, and he's well, actually— And neither is Bones. And neither is Bones. And so— and frankly, I mean, we haven't seen... Bones did not do well in the playoffs last year against Golden State. He he was targeted. Um, he was targeted on both ends. So when you ask me, do I trust Bones? I don't know whether I'm answering the question, do I trust Bones in April, May, and June, or do I trust Bones now? I think that I have seen flashes of Bones compete defensively, which gives me hope that he can just... That, you know, that he can bring it on both ends and be an impact player on both ends. He is long. He is quick. He can get into the passing lanes. I need to see him fight over screens more. I need to see him be more physical. I need to see him run three-point shooters off the line. I mean, I was talking to a pro scout um, earlier this week, and you know, Michael Malone chided his team. We run off non-shooters, and we close short on shooters. And, and he goes, maybe I'm just going to have to Jedi mind trick these guys into saying that they're all shooters, so run them all off. And so I'm talking to this pro scout, and the pro scout's telling me, he's like, if, if, that is, if, if there are lapses on KYP and whether these guys are runoffs or not, that is day one stuff. That is jarring, day one lapses. Isn't, isn't
0: that stuff that you talk about pregame too? Like, th- these guys are shooters. These d- make sure that we run these guys off, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yes, I will say it's actually pretty fascinating because you know the Nuggets have will put up scouts of uh, of opposing teams uh, and they'll have it in their locker room and whatever and it is interesting to see the scouts of some of their former players <laughs> when uh, when you see you know they just played Washington so you know they're talking about Monte Morris and and being a prober and being you know looking for his floater and, and killing in the mid range uh, they, they talk about Will Barton you can be physical with him. Um, there was one with Mason Plumlee. Uh, don't be scared to foul him. <laughs> <laughs> True story. So I mean, I mean, what does it
0: say about Ball? Ball? What, they the haven't
1: played the magic yet. So um, I mean, they look. They there. There are so many tweaks that that can. And, and I really appreciate it. Malone said this earlier this week. He said it is constant maintenance. This is not. Uh, we have solved it. This is not a Eureka moment. This is a thing that ta- this is, takes constant watering. This is on a day-by-day basis. Where is our second unit? Who is healthy? Who can we rely on? Last night, Zeke Nagy gets to play for the first time in, I, I don't know, five or six games.
0: After Michael Malone lamented about being able to give him minutes.
1: Yeah. I asked Malone that question <laughs> pregame yesterday, and I go... uh you know, to what degree have you considered playing Zeke with that second unit? And, um, and he said, you know, Zeke is in a similar situation to Christian Brown where I need to find a way to get him minutes. We need to find out what we have in Zeke. It was an extremely candid comment.
0: I we, wonder, you know, whoever controls that should probably look into that.
1: Who controls that, Matt? I
0: think it's Michael Malone, isn't it? <laughs> somebody else calling the plate, calling uh, the uh, rotations time?
1: Yeah, I think, I, I, think on, uh, I think that's on his plate. So, um, you know, Zeke finally gets to play and, and what does Zeke do? He, he, he gives you size. There's, there's so many aspects that I think he's better than Deandre Jordan. in. um, he's just more versatile. He can shoot better. He uh, can
0: guard more positions.
1: He can move better. He can move in transition. Um, there's, I do think that Deandre is a, is a good screen setter, a good rim roller. And within a two and a half foot radius can get a lot of rebounds
0: well and i think is also probably if in some ways it's like having a scout on the court because he just knows what teams want to do that's true
1: he does know what opposing defenses uh or what opposing offenses are running so you know there maybe there's an i maybe there's this thinking that like that malone will lose him or will lose the locker room or will lose jeff green's buddy in deandre jordan if he were to if you were to bench him and give Zeke some extended run, but Malone said, I need to give him, you know, a handful of games in a row to really string something together. Now, uh, Zeke rolled his ankle, um, in the second half yesterday. We don't know the extent of that. He, I mean, he, the dude really feels snake bitten every single time he gets a chance. And maybe that's a symptom of not playing, you know, more than once every two weeks. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a trainer, but you know, when he, when he gets hurt, um, it just it just undermines the whole plan it undermines everything that that malone had talked about so uh they need like he's not wrong though they need to find out what he is because they need to pay him or they need to trade him if he's not gonna play and he's destined to become a post malone <laughs> shout out post malone <laughs> then okay, let's at least know what we have let's know what we have in him and i thought he played well last night in in the limited minutes he, he was attacking on the glass um he gets his long arms in and he and he's not a mark defensively. It, he could also
0: be um maybe a solution down the line to whatever ails uh the Nuggets depth-wise. Like let's say you play him, he plays well either one, he becomes a rotation piece or two he becomes a tantalizing trade asset that gets you something in return that you
1: need. I already think he is an interesting trade ass- asset. Yeah, but
0: do you think other teams value him in that way? No. Like I they don't. have to see him first, right? They have to have tape.
1: Yes. They they have to, but I think but but at minimum there's there's intrigue. Like what is he? Is he a total ball of clay? Is he you know what? What can he be when given an opportunity? When given consistent minutes? So I think other teams are asking themselves that, but that's a garbage question to ask yourself when you know if you're the Nuggets and you don't know the answer to that. That's damning. And this was a guy that was getting all sorts of hype preseason. Who gave him hype? I, I,
0: one guy I know uh, had a possible most improved player. Who said, who said that? <laughs> that was on the internet. All I know is it was on the internet.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah we don't trust the internet. <laughs> we don't trust anybody. All right, we're going to take a quick break.
0: Come right back. We've got a couple more topics to talk about.
1: The Nuggets, Inc. podcast is presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access abs, nuggets, Rapids, and yes, even Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. Avaca also offers dedicated channels for college athletics in Colorado, including CSU, DU, Northern Colorado, and Metro State. As one Twitter user aptly said, it's like the Netflix of Colorado sports. There are no contracts, and subscribers can pause or cancel at any time. Sign up at avaca.tv.
0: And we're back from a heck of a break. I, I got to uh, do a little light reading. Uh, took a lap around the neighborhood. Mike, took, what, what I, were you up
1: to? I took a nap. Uh,
0: okay, good, good. You well rested? You feel good?
1: Nope. Late night, last night. <laughs> I, need, I take multiple naps. <laughs> so one thing that's
0: happened over the last couple games, two, three games, is that Nikola Jokic has once again reinserted himself back into the mvp debate he had great numbers before i mean he was averaging close to a triple double i think he's like basically one assist per game shy of a triple double entering this last week still there but then he put up 40 27 and 10 in one game follows that up with another 13 13 13 in a win over memphis and Tim Bontemps, uh, everybody's favorite, Tim Bontemps, had his uh, quarter of the season poll for the MVP. Jokic was fifth behind Steph Curry. Number one was, I believe, Jason Tatum. Yes. Then Giannis. Then Luka. Then Steph. Then Jokic. Which makes you think, like, man, it's a tough road to hoe.
1: I mean... D- isn't, isn't this what we anticipated? We knew there would be voter fatigue. We knew there would be a reticence to give it to him. Um, and What he, what
0: record is Steph's... T- are they even above 500 right now?
1: Well, it was funny because you said inserted himself into the MVP race. In uh, as much as one can inadvertently insert themselves into a race, that's what uh, Nikola Jokic has done the last... The, like, unintentionally inserted himself into the MVP race. If Nikola Jokic had his way, his team would go 82 and 0 and he wouldn't do one interview or put up one useful stat the entire year. If he would be good in that in that realm, in that space, he, you know, one working theory and I was talking to somebody about this today, one working theory I have about his uh you know his sentiment about the mvp is that i think he looks at it as if it's a selfish award and that it's it's impossible to separate the individuality of that award with a team success and he hates elevating himself above a team realm and so whether it's true or not the michael jordan mvp by the way what, what yeah that's right the the newly named um, whether it's true or not, he doesn't like the impression or the perception that he is above anybody else or that he did anything to, you know, to chase, quote unquote, chase these stats.
0: It seems like somebody who's really bad at
1: taking a compliment. That's funny. <laughs> I think that that's a, a great, I think that's an excellent way to put it. <laughs> I mean, but, but let's like, let's call a spade a spade. The last five games Joker is at 30.4 points on nearly 60% shooting, 35 from 3. Oh boy, he's hitting the threes. He's back. Are you happy? I
0: wanted that so badly. I know. I know you did. It's
1: a it's a big part of his game. 9.4 free throws. Is that respect I hear? Aretha, I where are you at?
0: I don't know. I mean, he probably could get more. Okay.
1: 15.4 <laughs> rebounds and 10.6 assists over the last 5 games. This dude is putting up historic numbers. And so, you know, if if you were to kind of talk about the the individual component that I was just alluding to that he doesn't necessarily like, then on the flip side of that, look at the numbers that his teammates are putting up. That hasn't been that they've these guys have never done before. Aaron Gordon shooting sixty one percent from the field. I love how Aaron Gordon is playing right now. By the way, Aaron Gordon is maximizing himself. Man, that dude is is playing out of his mind. Uh, are you sitting down, Matt? I- I, you know I am. No, it's a, it's a, it's a. You know, I don't like. I like to answer open-ended questions. Or I like to ask open-ended questions. One, two, three, four, five players on the Nuggets roster are shooting above forty percent from three, and Aaron Gordon shooting thirty-nine point two percent. Six guys hovering at or above forty percent from three. Why? Why is that the case?
0: It's got to be the space,
1: right? It's the space, and it's the gravity of Nikola Jokic, and so. Do you, you know, think
0: that's sustainable?
1: I, it might be. I mean, it's we're a third of the way through the season, and you know they haven't really fallen off their pace. Uh, but in a, in, a, in an honest, quiet moment, I'm going to ask Joker. I'm going to say, "Hey, man, can you put the individuality of the award behind you and accept the fact that you are the reason all these players are having career years? Can you take any solace in that, Mister Joker?" No. Yeah, he doesn't take compliments well. Uh, but I mean, a- Ag is having a career year. Contavius Caldwell Pope is putting is shooting a career high forty six from three. Uh, Aaron Gordon is having a career year. A- it's, I haven't looked at it, but at some point we're gonna have to. I mean, let, I mean, we can even get into it. Aaron Gordon in the in the All Star conversation is not far fetched. Really, you think so? Well, this is where I wish I would have done more research on it, but. <laughs> But, but, I don't think it's outlandish. I mean he has clearly been their second best player,
0: yes, and he's doing it I think interestingly, he's not really playing outside of himself. No. he's doing
1: the th- he's doing the things he's good at and and not trying to be something he's not and, and you know, I just wrote this story today on Christian Brown, and you know I called it his coming out party. And he said last night, he goes, "This team allows me to play within myself and not do anything that's too difficult or out of my um, out of my capabilities. That is the luxury of Nikola Jokic in a nutshell. You can do, you can play to your strengths, and I will accept the burden, the attention, the gravity, the scratches." On my arms, or he's got a bad one right now on his right arm. I don't know if you've seen that one. Of course, I've seen it. It's been there for two weeks, and it is going to scar. I only wonder what Natalia thinks uh, when he's looking at when she's looking at her husband's. Like, you know, I think I saw on Twitter the other day that it looks like uh, Joker is auditioning for the Revenant uh, 2.0. <laughs> so is
0: she the bear in that one?
1: I think he's Leo. <laughs> I think he's Leo, and all he comes out with is just a little scratch. So, um, you know, when you talk about Joker's MVP candidacy, you look at uh, they're the one seed right now. If they finish the one or the two, if he averages a triple-double, if his team thrives around him, then what are we talking about? With all due respect to all the people that that Bontemps polled, and not all of them are voters. He he, he polls, I think it's he deems it 100 insiders, which, you know, I, I will assume that that's NBA media. Um, but they're not all voters. And so I don't know that it's an apples to apples comparison when Tatum is number one and Steph is number four, because I mean, there, given the last week, there is no world where there, there is no voter who could, who could, you know, submit a vote and have Steph over Joker after what he's done the last week. You can I mean, that's grounds for getting clowned on.
0: Well, and they're in first place. They're atop the Western Conference after playing uh, arguably the most arduous schedule to begin the season. They have a winning road record. Go look at the standings and pick out how many people have a winning road record in the NBA. Not as many as you'd think. And they're about to, I think, kind of put some distance between them and everybody else with all these home games that are coming up.
1: You know, and I, and I was kind of debating um – with several of the media members last night, you know, what do we know about the Nuggets? Do we trust them? What? What? Can we trust the defense, etc.? And I described them as the worst of the good teams. And the reason I say that is because we don't know. We don't know if the defense is sustainable. It is slightly better than it was last week. They're up to twenty fourth. I think uh, the rule is you throw a party every two that you uh, notch up. <laughs> So they were.
0: Everybody gets a defensive chain for that one.
1: Yeah. Well, Malone said that they have like ten defensive chains, so everybody gets a chain, um, media included, and uh, and so you know, two weeks ago they were twenty eighth. Now they're twenty fourth. Can they get up to the 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 sixteen to eighteen range? by the end of January, leading into the All-Star break. Then you can maybe start talking about stuff. But the reason why I said they were the worst of the good teams is because I was looking at the point differential among the elite teams in both conferences. Um, The Phoenix Suns, they're fourth in the West right now. They have a plus five uh, point differential. I am not buying the Suns right now. New Orleans Pelicans have a plus 4.8 point differential. I am buying the Pelicans right now. Memphis Grizzlies have a plus 4.2 point differential. They are second in the West.
0: Just got destroyed by the Nuggets.
1: And the Nuggets have a plus 1.4 point differential because they are giving up 114 points per game.
0: How many road games they played?
1: They have played 17.
0: 17 road games.
1: And they are nine and eight away from Ball Arena in the East. I just want just to emphasize this: Milwaukee has a plus four point three point differential. Boston has a plus six point differential. The Cleveland Cavaliers have a plus six point five point differential. So if you were to look at it, it, you know, point differential, they have the eighth or ninth best in, in the entire league. I, I, in fact, it might even be lower because Philadelphia and New York both have better point differentials. And so it's not a, it's not that's not the end all be all. They're winning nail biters, um, which they you can argue they probably shouldn't be in these nail biters when their defense falls off. But the defense is not good enough right now. If unless something changes, in my opinion, they're they're a second round team at best right now. They can win a first round series with the offense, but depending on who they, they face, they kind of remind me of the Rockets, you know, X amount of years ago. Uh, the Harden Rockets? Yeah, the Harden Rockets where you were like, okay, you can score, but who are you going to stop? Can you stop anybody? So, all right. Is that unfair?
0: It, yeah, I mean, they're getting better defensively, but yeah, they're not elite. They're not going to be top five. I think we ruled that out at this point. Um, and eh, top ten might be a tough is ask. It,
1: is it what about Bob where he's like, I'm getting better? <laughs> Baby steps? Baby steps. I'm getting better. <laughs> Yeah, baby steps to the door. (laughs) I'm getting better. Um, So
0: with all that in mind, they got to get better defensively. They have some holes. The second unit really hasn't been figured out at all. At what point does Calvin Booth start looking around and saying, how can I improve this team? How can I do something to shape this roster into a championship roster?
1: Uh, If he's not already looking at it, I mean, look. If it, over the preceding two weeks, if he's not seeing his team that he constructed that was theoretically going to be significantly improved defensively, and he's not looking at them giving up 128 points to the Washington Wizards, 126 to the Los Angeles Lakers, 120 to the Trailblazers in three out of four games, if you don't think Calvin is racking his brain at that point, then you then you are severely underestimating how Calvin Booth looks at this team.
0: What do you think at the top of his wish list? Is, is it uh second point guard? Is it uh, uh, some rim protector? Is it maybe uh, another wing? It seems like they have enough wings. I don't know why you would want to add to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of take a cop out here. I think that he is... My guess is I think that he's looking for just someone who is is reliable in the postseason, specifically on that second unit to to galvanize and solidify that second unit. Does that mean somebody on a wing on the wing? Um, I mean, we have we just we've talked about Christian. Uh, I think that he and Bruce are, I think we talked about this uh, a couple of episodes ago. Who has the potential to be on the right side of the cut line in the playoff rotation? Christian has the potential with Bruce Brown. That's seven guys. Bones is a probable slash maybe.
0: None of those are bigs.
1: It's a great point. None of those are bigs. Do you trust Jeff Green and do you, you know, where do we stay? the The Zeke DeAndre question has not been answered a third of the way through the season. Maybe we just answered it right there. If you're If you're Calvin Booth, do you do you go out and look for a backup big, um, which has maybe been atop their wish list for seven years?
0: <laughs> well, you, there's actually there was a point when the Mason Plummy was great as the backup big. Uh, but that's been probably the only time since they've had Nikola Jokic as a starting star for their team that they actually had something. as that was a decent solution there?
1: Yeah, um, you know, can you can you play small? Can you play with Jeff Green as a as a backup five? That's they tried a, that before. It's a scary proposition in the postseason. Um, so, I, I mean, to me, to me, the two areas are. Your 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 backup front court and your backup back court and Calvin Booth's gonna have to ask himself to what degree do I trust Bones' Bones' growth his maturation and his ability to look Dylan Brooks lived in Bones Highlands jersey last night he made him work and and he kind of suffocated him he smothered him man Uh, Bones did not have a good game and. Um, to, in my opinion, I I don't understand how that's not the book. I don't get how that's not the book on bones. What? Just get up on him. Just be physical th- with him. Yes. You remember when? Um. You remember when Norm Powell... Like I'm looking at this man. Bones was four of fifteen last night. Yikes! In fifteen minutes. That's not good. Fifteen shots in fifteen minutes. That is. That's elite. That's elite chucking. In in the last, I mean. In the last three games, he is nine of thirty-five. That's I think my math is correct. Nine of yes, nine of thirty-five from the field, um, with th- and uh, three of eighteen from the three-point line. So, and, and we've already talked about his defense. So, to what you know, to what degree do we trust you? And 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 I don't mean to knock him because we've seen him go off. We've seen him catch catch lightning in a bottle and he's unstoppable and he's energetic and he's fun and he's electric and infuses so much energy into the team when it's working. And the question is, can they live with whatever percentage of time it's not working?
0: Speaking of reliable, consistent point guards, Mike Singer, you did a story on Monte Morris, uh, this last Sunday. I pronounced that right, by the way. I just want people to realize that. Um, and uh, it came... Well, it, it was revealed that he had no idea this was coming. He did not know he was going to get traded. Not only did he not know he was going to get traded, didn't sound like the GM knew he was going to get traded right up until it actually happened. Um, gosh, they would love to
1: have him right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking before the, before we started recording, is there any semblance of regret? Right. And And I... Strongly uh I strongly deny that there's any kind of re- regret. Because it brought back KCP. Because it brought back KCP and Calvin Booth told me that. You know, he told me on the record he was like in order to facilitate a trade where both sides win, you gotta give something up you don't wanna give up. We didn't want to give up Monte. And yet look what it got us. It got us KCP who has been an outstanding addition on both ends of the floor. This is what it took. Um, you know, and, I, and it leaves
0: by and a hole now that you you don't really have the steady hand point guard on the back I mean, end.
1: I mean, every every team is playing whack a mole with their roster. They're they're all trying to right. they're all trying to get to a place of trust with every position, and it's not feasible. Um, and I wrote it this summer. Like I, I did a journal this summer where I strongly believed that Monte Morris fit their timeline more than Bones Highland. Because we had seen Monte, not because I don't believe in Bones, and not because I don't believe in his ceiling, but because Monte had done it in the postseason, and because you knew what it was with Monte, you knew what the ceiling was with Monte, and and maybe the ceiling is not as high as with Bones, but at least there's 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 fewer uh, valleys, you know. At least there's, it's just a steadier ride with Monte. Um and Monte told me he was shocked. He said he went out to dinner with Calvin, led to believe he wasn't getting traded. Uh so when it did happen, it was stunning. Um that being said, Monte goes, I respect the fact that Calvin sent me to Washington where I can start, where I can grow, where I can thrive, with a coach who believes in me, and Wes Unsell Jr. Um, and you know, he came back to Denver and he put on a show. You know, he and Will Barton, I think, led the Wizards in scoring that day. They had something to prove. So, um, you know, let that be a lesson to, uh, you know, forgotten and eschewed players in the NBA. You, you send them, you send them out when they come home, they, they have a, they have an ax to grind.
0: If you're looking at the Nuggets roster and you're saying, these are the guys that they can use to bring somebody back. That's going to elevate their roster to a championship roster. Is it, bones and Zeke that are at the top of that list are those the guys would they even think about like trading someone like Christian Brown that would
1: people be in any way peaked
0: at Christian Brown
1: oh they would be rioting <laughs> the the you think you think fans are mad over the altitude comcast situation <laughs> oh boy they trade Christian Brown fan base is gone they're <laughs> off to Utah um yeah what what can you dangle? uh We talked about Zeke, you know what is what would a market look like on bones if 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 indeed that you know they were they were seriously considering that like those are the only ones. I mean, Jeff Green, I think, holds a significant place in the locker room um and 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 really people have gravitated toward him as a leader. I think it would be hard to move Jeff. And he's also he's, – he's been a valuable backup for. Um, and, you know, outside of that, who else holds a ton of value? I mean, Peyton Watson, he's done well in the G League, but that's kind of a, a big swing for someone to take.
0: I, I, I kind of feel like he he's somewhat like R.J. Hampton in a way, isn't he? Like uh, I know Hampton played more than him in the NBA, but, like, same deal. It's We think we might be able to turn this guy into something
1: maybe i mean but isn't that all draft prospects like yeah. this is clay what can we do with it um rj was was i would say a freak athlete and um watson's pretty good athlete yeah watson is a good athlete but he's bigger and again you're not gonna how often can you get those guys so you know i know uh the funny thing man the the nba rumor mill is up in arms over uh og man can you imagine og <laughs> in Denver? Uh, we don't need to do. Don't that. E- don't even wet the whistle.
0: <laughs> we, we don't. We don't need to go down the Donovan Mitchell, OG, Tim Connolly regret, <laughs> hole of despair. <laughs> At the top of that is probably uh, his uh, his trade this summer. That that has to be number one.
1: I thought you said we didn't need to go down this. I'm sorry. This
0: I I, <laughs> I, you, I just took a peek in and I had to. Yeah. Say what I saw. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. So I, I don't. You know. I guarantee you that calvin is is auditing this roster on a nightly basis and is and is assessing you know who are the pieces that are gonna help me. Does an interesting one is davon davon's kind of been in and out of the rotation a little bit do Do other teams view him as a guy who they can get more out of if they give him more of a runway a Tory Craig type? Um, he's he's not as big as Tory Craig, uh, nor is he as physical as he is. But Davon had his moments, and and I definitely think he's an NBA player. Does another team see value there as a, a guy as it as an organization that can guarantee him backup minutes? Um, does that yield a second round pick? I, I, I'm spitballing. You ask me who on the roster, I'm saying.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's it's
0: tough. I, I I do think that they, I think it's pretty obvious they're not going to be able to take a big swing unless maybe MPJ somehow another team decides that they really like MPJ. And, and cause that's at that point it's about salary.
1: Yeah. But with Michael Porter, I mean, it's a, it's, it's important to raise this topic again. Like he has a very difficult salary to match who, which team is willing to accept. Um, I think this was the first year of his five-year max. Correct. Tale. So who's willing to take that on for the next four years? Uh, a team that is desperately trying to shed salary, like, you know, could you get off of two contracts that add up to thirty million that that you just don't want to pay? Um you know, one of one player is valuable, the other one's not, and the team just wants to get off of him. I, I, you maybe know, the s-
0: team just really likes MPJ.
1: Yeah, but, but there's got to be a few of those of out there. Of course there are. There's no doubt that teams view him as a as a unbelievable scorer, But what is his is he trustworthy? I mean, he's now, you know, he's now missed 13 straight games. Um, and you know, and this, this does not have to do with the back. What if the back flares up? Uh, you you know, I just don't think teams know whether it's hard to invest in something that you don't, that you don't know what you're going to get in it. It's as simple as that. To what degree is he reliable? He's played 16 games. He's missed 13 in a row. Um, you know last year's last year's didn't go well played nine games so what percentage of games has he played the last two years it's 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 uncomfortable to to, to pour in assets when you don't know if he's there
0: so all this being said you know the defense is needs to be better they still trending have, trending upward but it's yeah it's baby steps uh but it's um they haven't figured out the second unit um but
1: the Stars are pretty damn good.
0: Jamal Murray is, you know, a little inconsistent still. Um, they're still 19 and 11. They're still in first place in the Western Conference.
1: Right. It's a great point, man. All that being said, they're still 19 and 11.
0: That I, if, you were to, if you would have drawn up this map for Michael Malone at the start of the year and said, this is what's going to be before you enter the week of Christmas,
1: I'm sure he'd have signed on the dotted line. And said, "Let's do it." It's a great point. It's been circuitous. <laughs> yes, it's been. Um, I mean, to just think about that, man. I, I I get that the Grizzlies were without Desmond Bain last night, uh, but which is
0: not an insignificant thing. But the Nuggets were without Jamal Murray
1: and Michael Porter, down two key starters, and they punked the Grizzlies. Yeah,
0: it was. I mean, it was pretty much over by the end of the third quarter.
1: Yes, but what was significant is that they didn't let the Grizzlies back in. Correct, because they've had other games that should have been over by halftime, yep. and yet they didn't slam the door right. shut.
0: They would get kind of nine, ten points ish, and then a pushback immediately.
1: So that's so that's the thing. You know, we t- we've always we, we've talked about numerous times here how they play down to the competition. When you face elite competition, it's not that they play up; it's just that they have their alert up. They're like, okay, we can't afford to ease into this. We can't afford to mentally relax or exhale, or just let our offense carry us. This is not what elite competition in the NBA looks like. And you know, we we were talking about we were talking about the defense, and you know, I mentioned I mentioned the size, I mentioned the positional size. Um, we've talked about before uh, Jamal Murray and and, and his reco- road to recovery back and the inconsistencies there and we kind of neglected to mention the most glaring part of what's going on with the Nuggets defense, which is that Nikola Jokic is not a versatile, agile defender. He is someone who is so good that you need to build pieces around him. So in the first half of games, watch when they play uh, pick and roll they have joker up at the level where he can harass a ball handler get his big paws into passing lanes and he can um kind of muck up the rhythm and the flow of an opposing offense come the third quarter and fourth quarter his energy is has been zapped and he is in drop coverage because he can't get up all the way and he's just getting picked apart either cuz someone's blowing by him or they're stepping into a mid-range uncontested shot and it's like these are the problems and 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 any coach in the NBA would sign up for these quote unquote problems immediately if they got to coach the two-time MVP. But he is not an elite defender. And so probably never will be. And so how do you work around that? Every team has its weaknesses. And like again, I'm going to I'm going to keep citing the, these pro scouts that I was talking to. Um the offenses in the NBA are so good that most defenses are eventually going to get solved. Most defenses are eventually going to be have some weaknesses exploited. The offenses are just better. That's that's just how this works. It's it's hard to consistently stop. The Nuggets pride themselves on stopping teams three times in a row. I mean, do you have any idea how hard it is to hold a team under forty five percent in the NBA? Like it doesn't happen that often. At least not for the Nuggets. <laughs> and, and so my point is that. My point is that offenses are inevitable are, are usually going to win out. And so, it's on the margins where can the Nuggets protect Joker? Where can they, you know, clean up their turnovers? Where can they win in transition? Where can they clean up the glass? And and is it is, is are the games really won and lost in that second effort and third effort that that guys like Christian and KCP and Bruce have been, and and AG have been providing? Is that really where these games are lying because if that's what it takes Man, it's going to be a. It, th- this year ha- has unlimited potential.
0: Do you have any fear at all that this is a, a a team that isn't quite built for the postseason? Doesn't quite have the the requisite pieces to sort of shape shift that that you need to do over various rounds in the playoffs.
1: I don't know, uh, I, and I would like to answer that question after the trade deadline. Um, you know. I will say and and I don't I have no idea what's going to happen but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a move. I wouldn't be surprised if Calvin makes a move and and I, and I was thinking about this today when I rewatched last night's game. Um in all likelihood they're not going to be able to keep Bruce Brown. Correct. So and I'm not saying that Bruce Brown is the end all be all, but while you have him and while you have these other pieces, you have the requisite wings to guard to guard deep in the playoffs. While you have them for now, why not go for it? Could we be approaching a window where where Calvin feels that way, where this might be our best chance? These things are fickle, man. We just saw we just lost two playoffs to Jamal Murray's injury. Now that we're quasi healthy, I mean, we just talked about the, the circuitous route, and oh, lo and behold, they're 1911 and first, while they are on the doorstep of of contention, why not go for it? Why is this this upcoming February trade deadline not an opportunity to improve? And I promise you, like knowing who Calvin is, this is an aggressive dude who wants to take advantage of chances. I mean, I don't, I don't need to point out to Nuggets fans what happened to them the last two years when they were robbed of contention now that they have it why aren't they going for it
0: all right well i think we've we've hit a lot of bases here we cover a lot of topics anything you want to add anything you don't think uh, that we got to that that you'd like to address here before we sign off uh and I, I do want to mention uh go to itunes rate us on itunes five stars leave a review tell the truth we suck that's fine five stars is good though do the five stars
1: um i mean we get a rest we have an upcoming homestand uh portland on friday then we got the ballyhooed matchup on christmas the 8 30 start against uh chris paul and, and the uh, phoenix suns and beat then, up
0: phoenix suns
1: and then we'll head out to um you know we'll be on the road for both games in sacramento uh a
0: two for in sacramento by the way sacramento they're a tough team
1: yeah uh you know, maybe Michael Malone will remind his team what happened to him in Sacramento and fire them up. Uh, but it, it's trending up for the, for the Nuggets. And like January, at least the first couple of weeks of January, it's they kind of have a cake schedule. And it is a um, to your point, it is a chance for them to make hay. Uh, I mean, they have they have the the game in Minnesota on January second. Two weeks later, they go to the L.A. Clippers. Um, and then at the end of the month, they have a, a three game road trip. they They can really they can really create some distance um, for themselves. I mean, seventeen road games already throughout the first thirty games. Um, you know, we've talked about it. I feel it when we're on the road. It is taxing. I can only imagine playing. and they've
0: played so many. So, Mike, I just want to say again, follow us on iTunes, <laughs> subscribe. Rate, comment.
1: On, comment on Matt.
0: Comment. You comment on Mike. He's got a baritone. We want to hear about it. And on top of that, um, one other thing I wanted to add, Mike, you will be at the Christmas game on Sunday night. So think about when you're, you know, snuggled up on your couch with the family. Mike Singer's working for you.
1: <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs>
0: No time to read comments today. Unfortunate. We'll get to it again sometime soon. Mike, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks a lot, man. Turn
0: around. You're living in the shadow.